Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You are now about to take a journey with professional advisors Ken Smith and Ethan Broga on Empirical Investing Radio. For more information about Empirical Investing Radio, please call 800-923-4307. Fasten your seatbelts. You're going to need them. Just because the hosts have a sense of humor does not mean their advice won't change your life. Good afternoon and welcome to Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and Ethan Broga. We are your hosts, certified financial planners with a master's degree in financial analysis on my end and Ethan, a master's in financial planning. This show is designed to give you sound and prudent financial advice, whether it be investment decisions or financial planning decisions, the combination of which we refer to as wealth management in our Seattle-based practice. Good afternoon, Ethan. Hey, Ken. How's it going? Good, good. Market's up, uh, what, 262 points. It was up several hundred, couple hundo uh, yesterday, wasn't it? I think so, yeah. And uh, just kind of baffles me as an investor who, who does stay the course and uh, sticks to my, my long-term goals and asset allocation that uh, people get um, are so influenced to buy and sell so, so quickly. Um, and I just thought I'd comment about that, Ethan. Yeah, I feel the same way. Obviously, um, the uh, today's news was that the uh, there's hopes of a Europe of a Europe deal, as you know. Yeah, I, I wish I wish there was more some more details there on that. All I saw was the the headline and that hey, they're working on something or all means necessary types of statements. Yeah, but um, you know, I guess that's good. But I'd like to hear some concrete things as well. Yeah, very interesting. Well, Ethan, why don't you give out our uh, our information and Tell a little bit about us and what we're trying to do here with this radio program, and beyond that, how we can help our listeners on a day-to-day business, day-to-day basis. Sure. Yeah, I mean, um, if you're an individual investor out there looking for some help on in your specific situation, um, I don't think you're going to find uh, a group of more people more dedicated or more qualified to help you as empirical. So I'd encourage you to give us a call and, and see, find out more uh, about us and what we're all about. And have us walk you through um, a bit of our process if you're looking for some advice on your investments and looking for help perhaps uh, with a retirement plan and or uh, an ongoing tax plan. Um, you know, one thing I'm certain of, is if we can help reduce taxes, we can save you money. <laughs> no doubt about it. And I don't use the word guarantee lightly, but uh, in that case, I'm sure we can. Um, and also, if you're an investment advisor out there already working with a group of clients, perhaps maybe you're running your own practice, if you're looking to, to partner up with a very strong um, a firm like ours who has the experience and infrastructure designed to help 
our clients make uh, consistently smart financial choices. We'd also love to hear from you. See if you'd like to discuss um, possibly partnering up with us. And um, you can reach us at contact at empiradio.com or here in the Seattle office directly at 800-923-4307. And um, Ken, what are you... What are we going to talk about today? Well, you know, Ethan, last week we were talking about Larry Swedro's uh, got a nice blog, and one of the things that comes up from time to time, at least uh, over the last 16 years that I've been doing this, are these conventional bits of wisdom, and I and he took the time to kind of recount something that uh, we've talked about many times on an individual basis with our investors and clients, that uh, not all uh, pieces of conventional wisdom are accurate or make sense. It doesn't mean the people who follow them are foolish. It just means they may not be aware of the updated research. So at one point in time, conventional wisdom was that the world was flat, uh, that the universe revolved around us. Yeah. Um, and at the time, at a particular time, that wasn't necessarily foolish for people to believe. It's based on their best guess of, of, of what they thought happened. Um, but as science and research evolved, it became with the advent of, uh, what was it, the telescope? Um, yeah, one of the things. A particular type of telescope that made that possible to disprove that theory. Yeah, you know, that in that case, that's interesting, Kenny, I, just real quick. No. You know, I, I love that, the uh, this idea of, of what science is. And science is first and foremost based on observation. And that's exactly what happened when they when uh, Galileo started looking at his self-made telescope, and he could oh, observe yeah, things going oh. around. Not everything revolved around right uh, around the Earth, and that's right. And it was just then that you know these ideas came to the forefront, and he was persecuted for years about it. But you know that yet yet the uh, the uh, the, uh, the moons go around the, the different planets, and the planets go around the sun. He was able to observe those things and yeah. could see them in in fact reality doing that. And I, th- I think that's pretty interesting. It's very interesting, and it's something that, you know, as I've continued to read on about uh, various behavioral finance uh, issues or the the irrationalities of our human, um, the way as humans we process information or make decisions, I find more and more of it is not based in rational analysis. Um, that A lot of the, the, the things that we accept as conventional wisdom or the way we should do things um, are no more than just biases, psychological biases that we've created over time. So the fact that conventional wisdom uh, buy, buy uh, low and sell high, right, would be one piece of conventional wisdom. And certainly it wouldn't be our advice that you go around buying at the top of the market and selling at the bottom of the market. <laughs> but one flaw, I think, inherent with that bit of conventional wisdom is that you actually know what high is and what low is. Um, and anytime the market, you know, drops, I don't know how many people are running to uh, kick the doors down to buy, you know. So right. it, sometimes we have these little sayings or whatever, but um, not many people, including many of the professionals, follow um, the bits of wisdom that actually do work and others that haven't been proven to work or we have no evidence for, we easily follow. And we tend to do that because it makes us feel good. So, anyway, I just wanted to. We're, we're going through the nine. Uh, we were going through some of Larry's nine. I thought there might we might pick up on that and see if there's uh, anything that 
you know, he that we we only went through a few, I think. Yeah, that's right. Um, and uh, so I thought I thought we could take a look. Um, let's see. So one of them was um, ignore the noise. I think we did talk about that. Um, let's see what else he's got here. Number nine is pretty interesting. The yeah. last one on his blog: the active management protects you from bear markets. Yeah, I don't think we talked about that. I don't think we got to that one yet. All right, let's tackle it. Yeah. Active management protection from bond markets. The new finance. Um, now, this is his view of what the current science uh, shows. That active management falls in all, fails in all markets. <laughs> <laughs> Not just bad markets? Up, down, markets, down markets, sideways markets. <laughs> I, th- I think the more important, we'll talk about this for a minute to reconfirm, to um, get everybody on the same level here. When we're talking about active management, it's not somebody that's on Wall Street far beyond where you live and exist. And what you do with your personal investments, it's very highly likely uh, if you're not working with an advisor like Empirical and you're not just sitting in a globally diversified portfolio of structured asset allocation investments um, that you that you are an active investor and so I want to be very very clear that active does not mean that you trade multiple times a day or a week or even a month or even once a year that's not really the definition of what active although it does tend to coincide more higher turnover or buying and selling of investments does tend to occur with active, what's typically what with what would be called active strategies, as a part of out of outperformance. But there are active professional mutual fund managers that have had very very low turnover. Sure, they are still active in that they do not own an entire segment of the market. They are hoping to select a handful of securities that will afford them greater than market returns or greater than the segment that they're picking the securities from returns of its bonds. And they're only owning a few with the idea that we're going to generate the bond market return plus some return. Or with stocks, we're going to generate the stock market return plus some extra return. You're an active investor. So if you're sitting there holding some set of securities, you may be invested in an active strategy and not even know it. You may own mutual funds, for example, that are trading inside of the mutual funds and try attempting to beat various stock market indices, mm-hmm. but doing it through traditional, what we would call fundamental analysis, where they're researching companies and deriving some intrinsic value for that company, some price estimate of what the company should really be trading at. And if they find companies that are tr- currently in the market trading below that that calculated value, then those securities are underpriced and should be, in their view, likely to outperform the market over some given extended period of time. Mm-hmm. Or maybe the market doesn't fully uh, isn't fully incorporating what the stock picker believes are the opportunity sets for that company going forward. So based on its current earnings, maybe it represents a reasonable valuation. But maybe they believe, well, this company could be on the verge of 
of getting some patent or landing a government contract or some other big contract, you know, if it was Boeing, for example, right. uh, that for whatever reason, the market just isn't properly pricing in. In my experience, why that doesn't work very well, why do most ma- active managers uh, tend to underperform their benchmark, what they're trying, they're ultimately trying to do? Um, and this endeavor has very little to do with helping individual investors build financial plans and put together a portfolio that harnesses capital market returns in such a way that gives them the greatest likelihood of meeting those plans. This whole debate has very little to do with that. And uh, I I wanted to bring that up because somehow it seems like it does get washed into this discussion of how to pick securities. And a lot of investors wind up missing the real decision, which is, am I on track? Whether you get 10% the stock market index or you wind up getting 9.8% because you hired somebody who picked stock is a very little consequence if you shouldn't even be in any secured stocks. Right. Um, Or you don't know how much money you need to save for retirement. Or you don't know how much money you can safely withdraw out of that portfolio. If you don't know, um, you're likely to make bad decisions out of... You don't have a plan or you don't understand these other variables or factors. So for me, most of the time should be put in selecting an advisor who can help you with those important decisions. And then the very last part of it, in my view, would be, well, geez, I I certainly should own several thousand securities and I would eliminate anyone who's, who's only going to have me exposed to a few hundred or less. Right. Um, well, Ethan, I, I don't want to stray off this active management protects you from da- uh, bear markets. we got to take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll talk about that. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Are you an individual investor looking for a trusted financial advisor? Or are you a financial professional looking to connect with a world-class wealth management firm? My name is Simon Liu, Portfolio Manager with Empirical Wealth Management, inviting you to contact us at 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. Or visit our website at empiricalfs.com. That's E-M-P-I-R-I-C-A-L-F-S.com. Our mission at Empirical is to provide clients with the most effective, unbiased investment and financial planning advice available. Empirical is changing the way investment advice is delivered by striving to put our clients' interests first. Call us now to get started with a no-cost, no-obligation discovery process. The number again is 1-800-923-4307. Or you can begin this process on our website at EmpiricalFS.com. Tune in to Tom Says for practical solutions that you can use in your life. Whether it's information you can use for business, spiritual awareness, health, or personal issues, you'll want to listen to this life-changing program hosted by Tom Gerbic. Tom will also invite you to participate by calling in or sending emails. There's no topic that's taboo. With Tom's life experiences, you'll find that a weekly visit can be truly inspiring. Tom Says can be heard on the Voice America Variety Channel every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, with a weekly rebroadcast on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
You are listening to Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and co-host Ethan Broga. To call into the program with a question or comment, please dial 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. You may also send an email to contact at empiradio.com. Now, back to Ken and Ethan. All right, welcome back to Empirical Investing Radio. This is Ken Smith with my cohort, Ethan Broger here. Hey, Ken. You better believe it. If you want to give us a call, 1-800-923-4307. You know, these shows have been pre-recorded. I think uh, we will start doing live shows and taking your live phone calls and questions and reading your emails on the program as we progress. So... Feel free to start that now and uh, shoot your questions to us. You can email us at contact at empiradio.com. And certainly we want to talk about what we believe are the most relevant and timely topics to help you build and protect your wealth. But we certainly want to know what, what you have on your mind. So if somebody is uh, propositioning you with some form of an investment, maybe you're being someone's talking to you about buying gold or some very uh, alternative investment strategy that goes straight through the roof when the market goes down or has guarantees or um, anything that uh, you've got going on out there, we'd be happy to be an independent advocate, financial advocate for you and help you work through some of those decisions maybe you're considering or maybe you haven't considered the proper form of insurance. We don't sell insurance or get commission on those kinds of products. So we should be a, a little uh, happy place in the tree of trust, right, Ethan? <laughs> <laughs> That's one way to say it. Or you can call us, and, and, and we want to help you through that, and we'd love to talk about it on the program if that's yeah. of interest. Because if you're thinking about it or have been approached with it, uh, I'm sure other people have as well. Yeah, you know, and I, can't, I still can't believe how – I think there's a lot – in the general public out there, there's a, there's a lack of understanding that – a commission-based or or uh, a person who gets paid on commission, what that means in terms of the relationship. I mean, it's going to influence the recommendations, right? Right. And what that's drastically different than we do in terms of our investments and anything else we have to offer. Well, in fact, we're only paid BCVR, uh, the the fee that we charge directly, and nothing through any type of products that we might recommend. That's an enormous difference out there. That you know, the vast majority of folks, I don't I don't think really get the importance of that. Right. So I don't know. I can't stress it enough. Um, my preference is that everybody works with a with a fee only uh, advisor, not fee based and not commission based, but fee only advisor. Uh, I don't have any doubt you'll be you'll be best served in that environment. And slowly but surely, um, most of the major wirehouses and uh, banks and other institutions that, in my view, traditionally have had a different model, the original model of advice, which really wasn't about advice. It was about bringing stocks to market, you know, to get raising capital for companies. And that's what stockbrokers did back in the day. You know, their job was to get the shares out there and get the capital into for the firms that were trying to raise it. It wasn't to talk about building a well-diversified portfolio. Right. So this entire financial industry has evolved and continues to evolve. I just think that the model that, that we've chosen to work in for the last decade plus uh, as advisors is is a model that has been far ahead, way ahead um, 
of the broader and in, in industry and the larger companies and a lot of the a lot of the things that got us into that last crisis um, were a result of some of the poor decisions being made at very large wirehouse institutions that ultimately were also offering advice on an individual level and uh, I just find it continue to find it very interesting that they pop up in the news. I know UBS is in the news for a, uh, a rogue trader. I think uh, the number was somewhere close to $2 billion that this trader lost because they didn't have the appropriate risk management parameters in place. Right. I don't know about that, but I do know is um, that a lot of these firms have had a hard time managing their very own money, which I would imagine there's nothing more precious to them than their own capital. <laughs> right. Um, and the areas that are very profitable for them are the selling advice or product areas. Um, I don't know how well they've done managing or investing their own money. If they did, they wouldn't really need to provide financial advice to other to individuals. So not to rail on, on that, but uh, if you are out there and you're working with any of those institutions, we certainly would would love to help you and we believe this would be a much uh, more objective area to get advice from yeah no doubt about it okay uh, again that's contact at empiradio.com if you have any questions about anything you're pondering with regard to financial planning or investments and we'll have we'll, we'll be happy to do a free uh, fi- financial I got a request the other day in the Seattle Times about doing another financial makeover, but it had been very recently since I did the last one. So I I think they are going to uh, select another advisor to do that. But we do our own here, and we'll be happy to do that for you Mm -hmm. as a uh, reward for tuning into the program. So going going into the break there, we were talking about active management and this. What Larry is categorizing... um, as it protects you from bear markets. Yeah, you've heard that all the time, right? I've heard that quite a bit. That's that's yeah. the conventional sort of wisdom. That hey, they they do a better job in down markets. Okay. Turns out that may be not the case. Well, according to Larry here, two thousand the two thousand nine sp- spring slash summer issue of Vanguard Investment Perspectives provides us with evidence on the performance of actively managed equity funds during bear markets. Vanguard's study covered the period 1970 to 2008 and examined the returns of active funds during the seven periods when the Dow Jones Wilshire 5000 index fell at least 10% and the six periods when that when the MSCI IFA which is the European or developed country index fell by at least that amount despite acknowledging survivorship bias which are per- poorly performing funds that disappear and then aren't accounted for in, in the data. Right. Vanguard found it didn't matter whether an active manager is operating in a bear market, a bull market that precedes or follows it, or across longer-term cycles, the cost of security selection and market timing proved a difficult hurdle to overcome. Success can be explained at least in part by style exposures... For example, during the bear market of 2000 through 2003, the Russell 1000 value index fell just fell just 21%, while the U.S. market lost more than 42%. One, once active 
funds were compared to their style benchmarks, there was no consistent pattern of outperformance. Past success in overcoming this hurdle didn't ensure future success. The degree of attrition among winners from one period to the next indicates that successfully navigating one or even two bear markets might be more strongly linked to simple luck than skill. Vanguard concluded, We find little evidence to support the purported benefits of active management during periods of market stress. Keep in mind, Vanguard does run various active strategies, um, and that they're not closing those strategies down as a result of their research. Just want to make that point. Um, so they must, there must be either some internal conflict within Vanguard about that, or, um, or they recognize it and say, hey, well, people want them, so we're going to give them to them. But uh, that's just a side note, Ethan. Um, <laughs> I would prefer the research come out of uh, an independent academic uh, or third-party reviewed journal from a right. somebody who's in the academic community. Then that, uh, and I'm just kind of making a joke about that. But uh, whenever it comes from a brokerage firm or a mutual fund company, um, that I'm, I'm uh, particularly when they're selling a large part of their funds, so they win if you buy index funds, and then they have active funds, so they can win if you buy and want to buy active funds. But uh, that's here nor there. But uh, going back to this thing about active management, there's some elements of these studies that, that I want to clear clarify, Ethan, and, and maybe you can help me okay. with this. When people say that that's conventional wisdom, I think they're thinking the aspect that the that the active manager will actually pull them out of the market. Yeah. One thing to be fair to these active mutual funds, and we don't use them, by the way, so don't feel like just because I'm giving Vanguard a hard time or or I'm here on um, arguing, I'm just trying to get to the truth, whatever that may be, and not use strange arguments or shady arguments with this. But if you have a, a large company mutual fund, um, most active managers or stock pickers don't say that this fund won't go down when the stock market goes down or somehow we will protect you. Um, I don't know that that's conventional wisdom, that if if they are mandated to stay in stocks or keep a certain amount of stocks, sometimes, particularly when you have systematic risk, right? We had in a global financial crisis where virtually every area of the stock market on the world was affected um, I don't know that they were saying, "Hey, we we really had agreed that we would never, you know, un- never lose to to market downturns, or that we would do a better job." Even I think most of the active, because I've worked with them, um, we've worked with with active managers, and they've never said, "Hey, our, my job here is to protect you from the downside." Um, you know, it, it's over the course of a of a three year, five year, ten year. Their 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 belief is that they will their selections they'll make enough right decisions that they will add some value over just a simple market index. That would be more of what my experience has been. But maybe going back longer term, or you'd have to show me the advertisements from all the active managers that say, um, or anything published by them that says, yeah, we in bear markets we guarantee will. Or we, we, we believe that we will minimize or reduce some of the downside risk. I think, some, I think it depends entirely on the, on the fund specifically. I mean, there are funds that uh, can move to – oh, we, we cut, cut short on time here? Oh, I'm sorry. Right when you think – Oh, yeah. perfect. 
I'll come. I want your comment right when we come back in, Ethan. We'll be right back. All right. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Are you an individual investor looking for a trusted financial advisor? Or are you a financial professional looking to connect with a world-class wealth management firm? My name is Simon Liu, Portfolio Manager with Empirical Wealth Management, inviting you to contact us at 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. Or visit our website at empiricalfs.com. That's E-M-P-I-R-I-C-A-L-F-S.com. Our mission at Empirical is to provide clients with the most effective, unbiased investment and financial planning advice available. Empirical is changing the way investment advice is delivered by striving to put our clients' interests first. Call us now to get started with a no-cost, no-obligation discovery process. The number again is 1-800-923-4307. Or you can begin this process on our website at EmpiricalFS.com. Do you want to know what's really going on these days? Well, Capital Thinking takes you inside the worlds of policy, politics, law, and business. What happens in Washington, on Wall Street, and in our nation's legal system impacts your business every day. We're taking you on a behind-the-scenes tour of all of it. Each week, we bring you unfiltered conversation with a variety of influential policymakers, lawyers, and business leaders. I'm Kevin O'Neill, and I'm your host as Capital Thinking tours the halls of power. Join me for Capital Thinking on the Voice America Business Network each Thursday at noon Eastern and 9 a.m. Pacific Time. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and co-host Ethan Broga. To call into the program with a question or comment, please dial 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. You may also send an email to contact at empiradio.com. Now, back to Ken and Ethan. All right, welcome back to Empirical Investing Radio. Again, this is Ken Smith and uh, my co-host, Ethan Baroga. <laughs> the Brognator. Hey, Ken. If you want to give us a call, 1-800-923-4307. And uh, why would you call, Ethan? Well, I mean, if you have specific questions about your specific situation, whether it be investing or any type of relationships, financial. whatever you, what's well, that's, that's, whatever that's your area of expertise. <laughs> I'll focus on the investments and financial planning. Okay. Great. <laughs> That'd be a good reason to give us a call. Let's uh, give us a call if you have any questions and um, we'll be happy to, to talk about them on the air. We'd All actually right. like to. Yeah. It's been a lot of chitter chatter from us and right. things that we want to do or send us an email with your question. <laughs> Contact at empiradio.com. Ethan, we were you were going uh, about tirade. to give a rebuttal here to my view that is it truly fair to say that conventional wisdom is that active management does better in bear markets, well, and where that yeah. conventional wisdom came from? Go ahead. I don't know where it came from, but I, I think that is the general consensus. Like I've I've heard that from from investors across across the board throughout time. But my 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 thing my point was this. Um, most active management funds uh, they I don't know if it's most, but a certain a large percentage, I would guess, have the ability to go to cash, hold a significant amount of cash relative to, say, an index fund. 
right? An index fund can has to have a mandate where they're invested. The vast majority of the assets in the fund are actually invested where active management funds that I've seen, you know, they can have as much as they want in cash or a large percentage of money in cash at any one time. That means they can get out of the market with that cash, right, if they want to. Uh-huh. So they perceive, hey, this is an economic uh, downturn ahead here. I'm going to go ahead and trim down, only, only hold my maybe my 10 favorite stocks and sell the other 10 stocks that maybe I'm, I'm less certain about and hold maybe 50% cash. So they do have the ability to do that kind of stuff. A lot of times in active management. Yeah, fund. some of them probably do. I don't know that Other times, they, though, other active managers, managers stay fully in. And their definition of fully invested, I mean, sometimes they're forced to keep cash because of liquidations no during doubt. bear markets. No doubt. So sometimes the, the fact that I know they, get, they do get whacked um, for that, that, hey, they had cash, you know, as the market recovered. They didn't invest that cash fast enough. And I, I don't know exactly what all their reasons are, but sometimes i got to believe that they would need to have some liquidity at a time because investors do tend to pull out at extremely rapid levels during uh, market bottoms. Yeah. Uh, I'm not suggesting that yeah. they need to have no cash. Uh, okay. I know they have, they have to have more cash uh, on average than your average index fund. That's true. Um, but it's, uh, they have some leeway in the fund to hold more cash or, or less cash depending on the market environment that they're in usually. For active funds, anyway, and you know, in terms of if this was the only study that we ever saw that concluded that you know active managers don't necessarily beat their their appropriate benchmark, yeah, then I, I'd say, well, man, we need more more research. You know, maybe we need a uh, like you said, independent peer reviewed type of study. But there are literally, I don't know, I'm sure hundreds of these types of things that are out there that have been done. So this is just kind of one extra one out there, right? Well, if you're listening, here's what cha- here's the challenge. I'd like uh, shoot me uh, an email. Um, send it to our contact at empiradio.com. If you're an active professional manager and one of your dictums is to protect uh, or do better during bear, or you believe that, that your strategy can do better for clients during downturns, uh, and better is simply not just pulling out of the market and then getting back in at some point, because we've, we've done a lot of extensive study, and we are continuing to do that just on timing of being in and out of the market and how that in itself affects your return. But if it just winds up being, hey, over this period of time, I had a lower equity exposure, right? And I got the, uh, over the longer period, I got the return that was commensurate with that exposure. What I'm looking for here is, is there something that's going on that you're you're able to do better? Uh, or are if you are listening and you're an, an a individual investor, Shoot me the emails or the advertisements, or if you Google stuff and find articles, um, where that where that conventional wisdom is being purported that hey, active funds, active managers can do better or do do better during tough markets. You know, I'd love to see. Uh, yeah. I haven't seen a study. Send it that, to me. I haven't seen a study that concludes the opposite of this type of thing. I don't know if they exist even. Like, I'd love to see a couple. Hey, this is an independent third-party study that shows. Hey, there's an active strategy that does does far better than indexes. There's, there must have been some article published show me some. Love to, at love some to point see. that said, "Hey, well, index funds. I know during the '90s, index funds were crushing, right? Everything. Um, I, I mean, they, that's wait, index funds were or index active? funds. So mm-hmm. passive funds. You okay. say, hey, in the '90s, and I did hear. Well, yeah, because we've had this tremendous bull market, it makes sense that index funds, particularly index funds that were cap capitalization weighted yeah yeah we're doing really well because you had these phenomenal valuations companies were getting higher and higher and they were becoming a bigger portion of those indexes right. and so they kind of built upon themselves the return the money flooded 
into those, but during bear markets, and, and there was probably some study or something that came out back then on, well, let's look back to the previous bear markets. Mm-hmm. But I, I haven't taken the time to do that. But um, I think what, I, what I'm saying is it's, it's, it's got to be an approach, in my view, if, if they are saying that, that not all, not all active fund managers say, hey, I'm going to pull out or my job is to reduce poor performance during bear markets, but it's, hey, over a longer market cycle, includes a down and an up market, we're trying to add some return. That doesn't diminish the argument or the results, though. And the results are that active managers, because of their costs um, and because the market is informationally efficient, it makes it very tough for any one person or, or professional or even individual to pick the stocks that are consistently going to beat the market indices, right? Whether yeah. it's up markets, down, and that to me is a more... That's a bigger point. That would be the conventional <clears throat> wisdom, in my view, would be that, yeah. hey, it's possible to beat stock markets, or it's, it's easier than when one might think to do, because it logically, in every other endeavor, if we work hard, we put effort in it, uh, if we go to the gym and work out or whatever, we can s- expect to see some results over time. It's one of these areas that is very counter to our intuition in that the harder we, and I say we as a collective, all investors work at beating the market as a general, the harder it actually gets to do it. Right. It becomes to do so. Um, and I think that is very counter to how we would feel. You know, we would feel that, geez, why I can't pick, why can't I just buy Bank of America stock and load up my Roth IRA and expect to get phenomenal rates of return because it's been crushed right um and you know it may it may go up i i'm not i'm not i'm not here to make recommendations about bank of america but we wouldn't do it because well i wouldn't personally do it and i would never advise an, an individual investor put all of their retirement assets into one stock yeah uh because that stock could go to zero and um, unless you are prepared to gamble, and if you are, then there's nothing wrong with that as long as you're saying, hey, I don't need this money for retirement. It was just something I wanted to have fun with. But that's a different scenario than, than, than trying to approach, hey, I, well, my, what my benchmark is, is the, uh, is the investment market, and how can I beat that market? How can I do better? If you think the markets are going to come, if, how's Bank of America going to come back if the markets in general don't come back, Ethan? How will they go up a hundred or two hundred or three hundred percent in a climate where all where global stock markets all decline? Can you see that happening? I don't know. They could outperform the market for a period of time based on whatever is expected to happen with them. Maybe it's things don't end up being as bad for them relative to the market. But still, I don't expect two hundred percent returns in a period of time when markets aren't going up. A thousand percent return. Not you know, gonna, how, how is not it going happen. to do it in an environment where happen. the economy is collapsing? Yeah, no. And the entire rest of the U.S. stock market, along with all the other global markets, are going down because we're in a. How will it do it? Yeah, it won't do that. It's it's likely that it will do it in an environment when the economy is recovering. Right. Um, and for whatever reason, they got the 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 pessimism about their company. Um, was over overdone. Yeah, overstated. Right. Uh-huh. Right. But my point is that's a risk that you're now stepping into the speculative realm, which even most active managers wouldn't do. They're smart enough to realize like, hey, I don't I don't take that kind of risk. Yeah. Um, beyond even if they weren't legally required to have certain levels of diversification in the funds. Most of them would agree, hey, 
We don't want to do that. We don't want to own just one one Enron or one Washington Mutual or one thousand other companies that have ultimately gone under. Mm-hmm. Been... So, what what say you here, Ethan, on this topic? Uh, uh, Vanguard concluded we find little evidence to, to support the purported benefits of active management during periods of market stress. Yeah, well, I, I agree with you in that. Uh, there's little. There's little. Little value in most markets, all markets, not just the down markets. That the real value is 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 looking at global markets and saying, "Hey, historically, and while history isn't everything, knowing your history certainly doesn't hurt you. If you know the history of the research that you've you're basing a premise or a theory on or a hypothesis, you're better prepared to use the new science that's coming in, right?" To make more informed decisions, because then we know what didn't work in the past. Right. Right. Then we know that buying one stock was probably wasn't a great idea. Mm-hmm. But if we never knew, we never looked back at market history, we wouldn't have that. We wouldn't have that that ability to say, "Well, geez, well, we don't know." I've not, I'm not aware of any companies going completely out of business. <laughs> I'm not aware of an entire stock market in a particular country during after post World War II going out of existence. Right. But if you know that, then you're aware of that, and then you can apply those techniques, some diversification techniques, and say, "Well, that's why I diversify." Sure. Um, it may seem like we're in this new financial era, or this is a new time, or we, but that's not that doesn't discount the lessons that were to be learned from history. Because the lessons to be learned in when we sit and build our investment strategy typically focus around managing risk. It doesn't mean that there isn't unforeseen risk that can arise because even the Nobel Prize winners were were made aware of that. No doubt about it. Um, oh boy, we got to take a quick break. We got a last segment, Ethan. We'll come back. All right. <laughs> Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. Are you an individual investor looking for a trusted financial advisor? Or are you a financial professional looking to connect with a world-class wealth management firm? My name is Simon Liu, Portfolio Manager with Empirical Wealth Management. Inviting you to contact us at 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. Or visit our website at EmpiricalFS.com. That's E-M-P-I-R-I-C-A-L-F-S.com. Our mission at Empirical is to provide clients with the most effective, unbiased investment and financial planning advice available. Empirical is changing the way investment advice is delivered by striving to put our clients' interests first. Call us now to get started with a no-cost, no-obligation discovery process. The number again is 1-800-923-4307. Or you can begin this process on our website at EmpiricalFS.com. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast.
whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and co-host Ethan Broga. To call into the program with a question or comment, please dial 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. You may also send an email to contact at empiradio.com. Now, back to Ken and Ethan. Okay, welcome back to Empirical Investing Radio. Thank you very much for listening. And uh, we hope that you're finding some of this discussion useful in making uh, better decisions or, or at least positioning the way you're making decisions about your investments, which for most of us are the, uh, the train that, that uh, our, our financial dreams and hopes are, are connected to. We need, we need most of us, unless we are independently wealthy, uh, in such a way that inflation can never harm our our uh, ability to meet or accomplish our goals. Mm-hmm. Most of us, as individuals, need to have a have a facility to put our money in that stays ahead of inflation. And not only that, I mean the whole. I don't know if you ever read that book. Along, I read it. I don't know, probably ten years ago. That the rich dad, poor dad guy, Ethan. Oh yeah, I have not, but I, I know of it. Well, you know the concept in that book. Uh, was basically that you're getting your money, the money that you're earning from your job or whatever, and, you, and he basically did it through real estate, um, to begin to earn passive money. It's this concept of leveraging uh, and leveraging your time, leveraging your resources in such a way that, in, and in the book he talks about, well, he buys, you know, one dad that was a teacher and one dad wound up buying a lot of real estate and... Um, began to own real uh, rental properties that began to generate passive income for them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you work one job, you can only be in that job, for most of us, at one time, one place, one time. You have investments that are generating dividend interest or uh, capital appreciation. You can really have your earnings earning earnings for you in this whole miracle of compounding, right? Right. Um, to, to accomplish financial security where you're not having to be the guy running around earning the wage. Yeah. And that was kind of the whole concept of of his book, you know, and, and I don't know what he's done. I know, I know he goes out on circuits and tours. Maybe we could have him on the show. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan of uh, part of my, as a professional advisor, and not only that, my personal experience of some of his recommendations are they, they can be quite risky and involve a lot of debt and a lot of leverage. Or for most of us, if 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 we could harness capital market returns properly, we could do so without an extreme amount of leverage, or any leverage for that matter, um, without making a huge sacrifice in our lives. If we made it a consistent, and I was reading, Ethan, uh, in, in certain countries, I think it's in China and Asia, they have a 30% savings rate. Um, wow, yeah, that's pretty high. And we're here, it's in single digits. Um, it's been increasing People are currently paying off their debt, yeah. Um, but we're still in a single digit, below ten percent savings rate. Where in other countries it's, 
which just tells me that it's possible. These countries have a lower standard of living as a whole than we do in this country. Right. Um, and they still have higher savings rate. And it's really just about, you know, teaching your kids from the time they are young. It only takes a generation or two to change things. Um, but it's it's really a function of getting used to paying yourself first. I mean, a lot of these gimmicky planning things that I have over the years kind of said, eh, um, actually some of them work. And paying yourself first is a great idea. Don't even let yourself see that money. Right. If you get a raise, you, you get a bonus, immediately lop it off the top, just like um, the IRS does by holding withholding... <laughs> Right, the taxes. Sure. It's not like you can go out and spend your pre-tax paycheck. Right, if you're collecting a, a W two, there there's some withholding going on because they want to make sure they get it. And not to stray too far, but coming back to this concept of the rich dad, poor dad. You know, if, if we took real estate as an example, and you looked mm-hmm. at a, a a well diversified index of publicly traded REITs for the last since 1970. And it's averaged something close to 14% a year. Um, wow. Uh, at one point, I don't know what it is now because I haven't looked at it in the last year or two here, but mm-hmm. um, somewhere between 12 and 14% a year. That's without you ever having to show up at someone's house and collect rent, without you personally having to, to write a check because the roof collapsed <laughs> on your property or there was an earthquake or whatever it was, somebody, you know, rob the place or mm-hmm. somebody I, there's a lot of things going on and there's a lot of wealth to be built out there that doesn't necessarily require the rich dad poor dad approach where you're you're the guy out there buying and property by property and financing and leveraging things to the hill I'm not to say that those things are, aren't good if you have the time but I think some people just do that to the exclusion of taking advantage of passive uh, investments and I don't mean passive in the active passive world i mean the fact that i can own shares in a company that has a well trained staff of people out there whose desire it is is to build and grow that company right this living breathing organism um and i all i have to do is be a stakeholder in it and fundamentally that's what this is all about all right Mm -hmm. well ethan um we got a few minutes here okay and any i don't want to let's finish up this conventional wisdom stuff okay um you had a couple other thoughts well just one more uh, right. kind of go dovetails with the last cover last item that larry talked about and Lair. You know, real quick uh, mention to the listeners one more time if you you haven't read any books by larry Spodro, and it, obviously we haven't published ours yet so um in lieu of that larry's a pretty good source to have some uh, insights as to how, how best to invest we feel um but item number eight on larry's larry's bucking the conventional wisdom segment on his blog here um, the statement goes like this, active management works in inefficient markets such as emerging markets. Well, that is kind of the conventional, conventional wisdom, kind of the same thing as, hey, among small caps, maybe active managers can do better than the indexes and things like that. And Larry says the new finance is this, active management doesn't work in any class. And I, I think that's probably a, a pretty reasonable statement, at least I, I think that's the case. Um, what do you think about that, Ken? Well, it depends on, again, what you define work as. It works very well for us because we owned very well diversified um, asset allocation type of investments. And it's the active managers that do all the work and create all the expense 
so that guys like you and I can get our clients exposure to these asset classes and we wind up getting the great returns because they're paying the bill. You know, and uh, so it works great for us because we don't <laughs> we don't invest in those funds. Right. Uh, it doesn't work so great for those that are investing in them. Right. Because if everyone stopped investing in them, I mean, this isn't a very theoretical, and I get this question a lot. Well, what if everybody put their money in an index fund? Mm-hmm. Well, at the point when everybody did that, active management would not probably be able to add value again. <laughs> right. Because then there would be some price discrepancies that could be exploited yep. consistently. It's the fact that there is so many of them out there, and the technology and, and the way we share information is so... Um, great in the computing power power now and the, the amount of money being managed on the institutional level, it makes it very hard for for someone to pick a group of of securities and and outperform the broader market. Mm-hmm. And the reason I have read in areas like emerging markets and some of these other places that they don't do well, even though maybe they they are informationally less efficient, is because they 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 expend a lot more cost in attempt to beat the market. So they may be doing better on a pre-cost basis, pre-expense basis, but when you when you net out those higher expenses, they lose. Right. Well, Ethan, I think we really nailed it down this show. Well done. Uh, thank you very much for tuning in. We really do want to help, and we hope that uh, some of this information translates into better decisions. We'll, we will have uh, exciting topics for next week, so have a great week, and uh, stay diversified and, and hang in there. We hope you've enjoyed Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and Ethan Broga. Please join us again next Thursday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. And for more information about Empirical Investing Radio, please call 800-923-4307. We'll see you next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.